0: from the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord publishers and ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee This is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. Well, it's Friday, and this, of course, is Thanksgiving weekend. And as I said yesterday, I'm so glad we have a national day of Thanksgiving, and I hope that your entire weekend is going to be one in which you will focus on just being grateful to God. And listen, plan to go to church on Sunday. I know some of you are away, you're visiting somewhere, you've made a trip, You're out on the road, maybe somewhere, but when Sunday comes, find a church, go to church on the Lord's Day and do it this weekend and be sure to lift your voice up to heaven and sing the great songs, and then bow your head at prayer time and just breathe a prayer of thanksgiving unto the Lord. This is a good way to live, and when we come to Thanksgiving weekend, it's just a good time to give strong emphasis to it. Now, I know today's a big shopping day for a lot of you, and I hope that you won't overdo that. I hope that you'll use good judgment today about what you do, and I'm just trying to be an encouragement to you. Don't let somebody sell you something you don't need, but let Let's just plan on making this a very special day today, as we look together at the Word of God. We've been looking this week at a series of messages built off of Ephesians chapter 4, that section that talks about putting off and putting on. And I read the passage again, it's verses 22, 23, and 24, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which, after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness." So there you have it. Verse 22 says, put off, and verse 24 says, put on. And it's the old man, the old carnal nature that we're to put off, and the new man that we receive when we come to Christ is what we're to put on. Now this requires action on our part. We trust the Savior. He births us into the family of God. Whenever we come to Christ, that is a wonderful thing that He does for us. But once we are saved, He wants us to take action and push this old carnal nature into the background. You still have it. You're going to have it as long as you live. That's why you'll never be totally perfect until you get to heaven, but you should be perfecting as you go. And that's what these passages are about. They're telling us there's certain things you ought to just put off. It ought not to be a part of your Christian life. There are other things that you should put on because the Bible says they are to be put on. We come today looking at details now. For a day or two here, we've been looking at the details that are laid out here in the book of Ephesians, what's to be put off, what's to be put on. Today we get to chapter 5, and we learn some things like in verse number 1, when he says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now, let's remember when we're born into the family of God, we're birthed in, and we become children of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we are like newborn babes, and we need to understand that we are the children of God, and we do have a Heavenly Father because we are saved, because we came to Christ and received Him as Savior. And the passage here tells us that we are to follow the Lord, like children, follow their parents. You take a little child three years old, four years old, five years old, even a first, second, third grader, they often will just follow along wherever daddy goes, wherever mother goes, they will follow along very, very closely. And you and I need to know that our Heavenly Father wants us to follow Him just like little children follow their parents. We'll do well if we do that. If we follow Him, we'll stay on track. If we follow Him, we'll do the right things. If we follow Him, we will be easily putting aside the things that ought not to be in our Christian life. Our Heavenly Father will guide us. He'll protect us. He'll tell us what we need to know. That's why we have the Bible. He's laid out for us all kinds of things that really ought to be a part of our personal life. Now, verse number two in this passage says, "...and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering." and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now, this really, really tells me something. The Lord loves us, and I'm telling you, that's so exciting. It is absolutely thrilling to know that the God of heaven loves us, and then he looks right at us once we're saved, and he says, I want you to walk and demonstrate that same kind of love in your daily walk. And dear friend, it is no secret that the love of God given to us is also to be shared with others. And we need to walk that kind of a walk day by day, doing what we can to show and demonstrate the love of God to others. Now, we get to verse 3, and we have three very pointed instructions here, and these turn negative for us again, because as we look through these, some of these are positive to put on, some of them are negative, things that are to be put off. And in verse number 3, he says, but fornication, and all uncleanness, and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. So the saints of God, that is, those who are born again, those who are saints of God should not have these things in their life. What do we do about those things? We put them away. We put them off. And what does he say pointedly? No fornication. What's he talking about? He's talking about sexually immoral behavior whatever is involved in that That should simply not be done. It's not the Christian way. It's not the Jesus way. And if you have something going on in your life, dear friend, clean it up. Don't let it continue to happen. Don't let it be an embarrassment to you and to your testimony. Don't let it smear the name of Christ simply because you have let yourself become involved in something. Clean that up. Seek God's forgiveness and get it behind you. Put it away. Let that be a part of what the old man does when he rides away. That doesn't need to be a part of your Christian life. Verse 3 says, not only the sexual immorality, but all uncleanness. Let all uncleanness not be once named among you. Already in looking at these passages, we've looked at lying, we've looked at stealing, and we've looked at a number of things like that where these passages are just saying, don't do that. Don't let that happen in your life. And here he's just kind of got an inclusive statement where he says that all uncleanness is to be set aside. Dear friend, it's a wonderful thing to just clean your life up, begin to make right decisions, and come to the conclusion that the things that are clean are the things that are right. These are the things that you should have evident in your life. And do those things and put aside all of the unclean things. And then he mentions the matter of coveting. Covetousness is just simply a matter where that you let the things that you want, your craving for things, get so intense that you will just really, I mean, you just can't wait until you get something else. And you let the possession of things possess you. And dear friends, that is something that a Christian should get in charge of, get control of, and not let things dominate, or even the want for things dominate us. We need to let things be a part of our life without letting those things be in control of us. And day by day, you and I... The Lord blesses us, we get things, we get a house, we get a car, we get clothes, we get all kinds of gadgets, whatever the case, but those things ought not to be what possesses you in your life. It ought not to be what is the theme of your life. I mean, if all of that goes away today, you can still walk with God, you can still have a good testimony, you can still be the Christian that you ought to be. And I'm telling you, this is what God's after, this is what He is looking for, it is what He wants from me and from you and from everybody else. Verse. Four. 4 says no filthiness, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting. None of those things are to be a part of the new man. Filthiness. He's just talking about the very depths of depravity, where people just go deep into sin and do things that really are so gross and so out in the world. They are absolutely devilish and demonic, and that should not happen, of course. No foolish talking. Well, he's just trying to tell us that we're to get our mouth cleaned up, get our vocabulary cleaned up. No jesting. That's uh, maybe talking about dirty talk, even uh, vulgar talk, some of those kinds of things. And then the last part of that verse says, and be grateful. Here again, interestingly enough, here we are at Thanksgiving weekend, and we hit a verse right here that says, and we are to be giving thanks in all things. We run across that again in verse 20 of chapter 5, where he says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So once again, I make note of these verses that tell us something about having a grateful heart, having that thanksgiving in us, not just here on the national holiday, but it ought to be true when we get to Monday. It ought to be true when we get to December when 2022 rolls around. I mean, if the Lord. Jesus does not come, if the trumpet does not sound, let's live a grateful life. Let's get up every day and thank God for breath. Thank God for freedom. Thank God for our salvation. Thank God for the wonderful, wonderful things that he does for us every single day of our life. I'm telling you, folks, when you and I consider that all of this is laid out so carefully, so clearly in the Bible, helping us to push that old nature into the background, push that old man out of reach so that he is not dominating in your life. I'm telling you something so special and so sweet. When you see somebody get saved, they come to Christ, and then they begin to do exactly what we're advocating here. They begin to take on the qualities of the new man I'm telling you, it is just absolutely precious to see it. And we have seen it so many, many times. You say, well, I'm sure some people, you know, they're living fairly clean lives anyway. Listen, everybody needs to be saved. I don't care how clean your unsaved life is, you need to be born again. You need to be saved. And you can be saved because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave and paid the sin debt and purchased salvation for all of us. And because He did that for us, if we will come to the place, place where that we acknowledge that we are a sinner and where that we put our trust in the crucified and risen Christ, and we say He is going to be my Savior. I'm going to claim Him. I receive His forgiveness. I ask Him to admit me to the family of God and reserve a place for me in heaven when I die. And listen, when you call upon the Lord, and you do it from a sincere heart, you mean business about that. He will save you. He will forgive you, and He will make that reservation for you in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. About that mansion in heaven. He will get that ready for you when you trust Him as Savior. And once you're saved, He wants us to push that old life into the background and let the new man begin to be a part of who we are. I mean, we just develop that new spiritual behavior that the Lord has so clearly laid out here in the Bible for us. And listen, it's going to be difficult sometimes. You're going to have stresses. You're going to have times when you say, I tried, but I failed. Well, don't stay in failure. Don't fall into failure and stay there. If you fail on something, if you feel like you've disappointed the Lord, get back up on your feet. Go to the altar when Sunday comes. Get on your face in the altar in the church house and just admit to God that you failed and tell him that you mean business. You're sorry about the fact that you misstepped and that you want to get it right and get on with being and doing what you're supposed to do. And listen, when you read passages like what we're looking at here in Ephesians chapter 4 and 5 and 6, you read these great passages that have such detail. It tells us Things that ought not to be in our life and things that ought to be in our life. And listen, folks, I don't mind one bit just giving the fullest attention to it so that you and I get hold of it. Sometimes we can be so generalized, talk in such general terms that nobody figures anything out. Well, the Bible is very, very specific, and that's why I'm working through this with you, because I want you to get hold of it. I want you to grasp the great truths that God has made so clear. We're not talking about things here that, well, maybe it means this, maybe it means that. We're talking about things that are so specific that you cannot miss it. The language is clear. And dear, precious friend, let's do what the Lord would have us to do. Let's make our life count and let's get the new man shining bright in our personal life. I'm thankful that we can see it and we can know it and we can experience it. I trust that you'll take to heart what I've given you this week. And Lord willing, come Monday, we'll do some more as we dig through this. And I trust that you'll be along with me then. In the meantime, be sure to go to church on Sunday. Find a good, solid Bible-believing church in your area and be there. Take your family and don't miss out on it. And listen, I'll look forward to being back here with you come the Lord's Day. I'll look forward to being back here with you come Monday. But in the meantime, write me a note. Dr. Shelton Smith, Post Office Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Thank you for being along with us today. God bless you. Have a good weekend. See you Monday. Goodbye for now.